welcome aboard. Open the hatches and come on in. You found Fishing Without Bait, a lifetime without definitive expectations, where we help people explode into their lives through full impact mindfulness. If you're looking to create yourself rather than to find yourself, you found the right place. And there's no admission fee, only the honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness to try. My name is Jim Ellermeyer, and I'm a behavioral health therapist. And tonight, I'm joined by my good friend, co-host, and producer of this program, Mr. Mike. Mr. Mike, whereas we're, I don't know whether we're winding down or continuing on uh, our journey in this COVID situation. Uh, well, yeah, it seems like we're kind of settling into things, aren't we? What, you know, kind of contending with it or in some cases ignoring it. Uh, it is pretty wild. I think I told you about I, I did some some jobs where uh, in other states where where there was like no protocols. And then I did something here in town where they had every I had to throw, throw a vaccine card and get tested in order to even go in that day. Uh, like it, it's it's pretty it's pretty wild. Um, depending on where you go. So the Buddhists have a saying, no matter how dark the night morning comes, Mm -hmm. no matter how cold the winter spring comes, Mm -hmm. when you feel despair, know that the wheel is turning, joy will come. However, it seems like we're caught in that netherworld between night and morning. It seems like we're caught in that in-between space between winter and spring mm-hmm. we seem to be caught into this never never land of a purgatory i guess you could call it which leads a lot of people into disappointment and disillusionment with life no absolutely i, I mean i think we've kind of moved on from the uh the covet situation to the effects of the covet situation be it you know shortages and and and, and staff shortages and, and product short shortages supplies, uh, things like that. That that seems to be the thing that's rolling out now that people are kind of dealing with. So what we try to do on this program is give people practical solutions and practical suggestions to deal with life on life's terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally at this time of year, we're approaching Thanksgiving. Most uh, podcasts, most people are talking about gratitude, sitting around a dining room table once a year. And holding hands and doing that kumbaya moment. Um, however, what we try to do here is deal with people with realistic time and realistic moments, which means dealing with disappointment and disillusionment. Mm-hmm. So we always suggest to people to expect the unexpected, to check the facts. What do I know for sure and deal with what's right in front of you? So can you tell me about one of the times in your life where maybe you felt some uh, unexpected disappointment? Uh, well, I, most recently I've been having some things where uh, some, some clients have uh, pulled out of doing gigs that were promised, uh, you know, and, and, and kind of dealing with that. But it's always kind of a take your head up and figure out what the next thing is do, to do. I mean, the same thing we did at the beginning of COVID. So we talk about having a plan B. Mm-hmm. Uh, or a plan C. So one of the major disappointments in my life that shaped my early life, I believe, uh, now keep in mind, obviously, when you see my picture, I've been around since before yesterday. So when I deal with uh, 
people, uh, sometimes I'll relate this story to them about disappointment and how it can shift an attitude and uh, the way that you view the world, your perception. When uh, I was in, I, when I was nine years old, I tried out for Little League. I love baseball. Listen to it on the radio frequently. However, it, I found out, Mike, that merely listening to baseball and enjoying the game didn't translate into actually being an athlete and being able to play it. Mm-hmm. So back in the faraway times, uh, that wasn't when everybody made the team. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I specifically remember that day that the coach, and I'll even remember his name, I'm not going to say it, uh, however, uh, he cut me from the team. And uh, I was devastated, absolutely devastated. I remember going home. I was nine years old, laying in my bed and crying. And my father coming in and trying to comfort me, of course. The father's definition of comforting back then was, I'll take care of him. I'll make sure this is right. Um, So, however, once I got that, I decided that I was never going to be hurt like that again, Mike. Uh, so I developed that I don't care attitude. And then that kind of colors a lot of other things. So what did that do to your opportunities? Like, you know, what did you, did you, you know, did that, that keep you from kind of jumping on new things? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to protect myself from ever getting hurt like that again, which meant being humiliated, meant being a failure. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I had that develop that cynical type of I don't care attitude. Mm-hmm. You want to do this? What about this? What about that? I don't care. And and that was my attitude that was prevalent throughout my life for quite a while. We built up defensive type of mechanism to protect ourselves emotionally, Mike. Mm-hmm. So now we're dealing with a situation where disillusionment, disappointment, and people in the world a lot of them don't have any hope, which is some of the reasons why we hear about these mass resignations, people not going back to work. Yeah. And so what do we do? What do I do as a behavioral health therapist? What would you suggest to somebody who wants to just doesn't care? And I get, I just keep disappointing. So why try? I, I, I think that's where, isn't that where your question that you usually ask uh, people uh, kind of comes in of, well, what's right with you? You know, what's what's good in this? What is there to look, for, look, look forward to? Maybe you don't see it because you're so, you know, we always take the negative pressure is larger than the positive that we receive, right? So I have a wonderful uh, intern with me now. I call her my colleague in training mm-hmm. uh, that's doing her externship internship with me and she'll be graduating soon for those of you who uh, perhaps would like to tune into that we did a couple podcasts with adriana on becoming a uh, behavioral health therapist some great episodes there definitely definitely look back and uh, check those out so quite often what we do and i think she's incorporating some of this into her life rather than when people come in, rather than say, well, what brought you in? What can we help you with? What's wrong? Mm-hmm. Uh, we start off the appointment with what's right about you. Mm-hmm. Tell me some things that are good about you. Uh, how many people do you think you'd ask that question, Mike? Not very many. I mean, we've I've watched you ask other people and watch them be completely taken aback and stumbling into it. Yes. So 
one of the first things we want to do is this is a self-validation type of exercise. Mm-hmm. What's right about me? What's good about me? So generally, I just run these questions by them. Do you have a moral compass? Mm-hmm. Do you know the difference between right and wrong? Can you be dependable? Can you tell the truth? And do you treat people with courtesy and respect? Then I generally suggest to people that embrace those. There's a lot right about you because in my own opinion, my own perspective, I think these are five of the finest quality attributes that a human being can possess. Absolutely. So then rather than create these profiles of what requirements it takes, what what do I have to offer? Why should somebody want me? I have them make a profile of what are the requirements it takes to be with me, mm-hmm. both as a romantic interest and as a friend. And then we go take that a step further, Mike. I asked them, I said, what requirements does a job have to have in order for you to be interested in it? That's a big thing. I I had somebody text me today about their job interview and how they were actually not asked any questions in their job interview. It seemed like it was a a complaint session on the the interviewees or the interviewer's side. And, And it was like, I'm always thinking about that. Like, remember, the job interview it's not just an interview to get you the job. You know, it, it's an interview for you to determine if the job is a right fit for you. So my hope is that everyone would sit out there and make these. What are the requirements it takes to be with me? Mm-hmm. What are the requirements that a job has to have in order for me to be interested? And what type of qualities, what am I looking for in a location to move to that have they have, that has to have in order for me to even contemplate going there. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I, I've been, I've been really, I, I don't think I talked to you about this last time you were in, but I really wanted to bring it up. Uh, there's a George Carlin quote that was going around, and he talked about, I think he was talking about his own drug addiction. And he talked about how you need to have something on the other side of that to work through too, right? Yes. And those people that don't and go further, further, and further down don't see that light on the other side of the tunnel. And, and it's not that it's not there, you know, they need to have this kind of conversation and somebody point that, help them along that conversation to find that light that actually has been there the whole time. So quite often what I'll have people do is I'll say, can you envision your life without depression? Mm -hmm. What would your life be like without (laughs) depression? Mm -hmm. What would your life be like without anxiety? And so many people seem to identify with their depression or their anxiety right they just they 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 like i don't know if they and again this is kind of like the uh what what would i call the the twitter the uh you know the uh uh performance uh you know uh the performative um um you know issues on there on, on twitter but people talk about that and 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 put it on their sleeve and say yeah i'm a i'm a anxiety depressive because it's like well isn't everybody you know, and, and it just it, it, it's like they want to belong to that group. But is that really a group you want to belong to? So what I suggest to people is stop allowing anxiety to make the rules. Mm-hmm. Stop allowing depression to make the rules. So what we do is we have, OK, what would your life be like without depression? What would your life be like if you weren't 
so financially disadvantaged. Mm -hmm. What would your life be like if you lived in this place where you'd like to go? Mm -hmm. So what we try to do is we try to be like an architect and we create this vision, this image that we're looking for. However, then what we have to do, we have to build an instruction manual on how to get there. Yep. Let's imagine this. It's getting to be time of year when people spend extravagant amounts of money on gifts. So yes, I saw this huge box of Legos, okay? Huge, big box. And it had this magnificent scene on it. I forget what it was, a Titanic or some type of tremendous boat. Uh, must have been like 9,000 pieces in it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm looking at that, but I know that inside of that box, there's an illustrated step-by-step instruction book on how to start with that first piece and get to that destination. Mm -hmm. But most people, that's this is what we try to do in therapy. Imagine your life without the depression or without anxiety. What would it be like? What would it be like without these stressors, these things in your life? We want to build this image in front of us, and then we want to build our own instruction book with illustrations and steps on how to get there. Can you follow directions, Mike? Pretty well, mostly, yes. Okay, <laughs> okay. So most people don't have, we aren't born with an instruction manual. Right. So what we have to do is create it. And usually, Mike, we create that through experience. Wisdom is only accumulated through experience. Mm -hmm. And we have to be able to understand and not be afraid to skin our knees, to develop that mind of awareness. And once we get that image, and a lot of times we need help to do that, we need help to formulate this image, and then we need help to plan and illustrate and make detailed instructions on how we're going to get there. So when we're dealing with disillusionment, we're dealing with disappointment. In the 12-step world, we often have suggest to people to have a plan B. Mm -hmm. You're in early recovery. You're invited to a wedding with the reception. You're a little bit shaky because of you're just coming off into not that world anymore. Mm -hmm. And so you have some anxiety, some stress about it. So our plan B would say, go yourself. Even if your family's going, drive yourself there in your own car. So you have a plan to leave mm -hmm. or, or take a solid sober companion with you. So you both can leave. Should you become overwhelmed? Plan B, uh, we often talked about the difference between a gamble and a risk. It's okay to have risks in your life. I would suggest that you avoid gambling. Mm -hmm. You can recover from a risk. Gambling, you may not. So when we look at things, we always use that metaphor of which end of the horse are you looking at? The horse has two ends. Perhaps a situation in your life is not going to change. Only you can change your perspective on it. Okay, And this isn't to say everybody can get there from here. We often need help. We need a guidebook, that instruction book. You know, people admire. I'm still so just baffled how people are want to live their lives voyeuristically 
through reality television shows or following celebrities, Mm -hmm. are you concerned whether so-and-so will find love again? Mm -hmm. Uh, Could you help help me understand this, Mike? Well, it is a little bit of uh, you know, you know, getting invested in something if you're not investing in yourself. Well, that's correct. So, isn't it easy to transfer your own thoughts and feelings and hopes and desires onto some someone else? And it really is an imaginary type of situation. Mm-hmm. So, a mind of awareness. Everyone's health and welfare is their one hundred percent their responsibility. One hundred percent. And many, many times when I deal with people in depression or in early recovery, I'll impress upon them that they're important, that they are important. And Mike, I'm sure that you probably know how many people have never heard that before. Yep. Yep. That you're important or being comfortable with the sound of your own voice. Who do you spend more time with other than yourself, Mike? My wife. (laughs) (laughs) My dog. (laughs) But you spend most of the time with yourself. You're always with yourself. Yes. So who better to make best friends with other than yourself? Mm -hmm. And one of the best ways to deal with disillusionment, with disappointment, is first of all to accept it. Radical acceptance. It doesn't mean approval. It doesn't mean that it's not going to change. However, we radically have to accept the moment, accept that feeling, accept the situation, as acceptance, Mike, is always the prelude to change. Always, always, always. So for those of you who are perhaps disillusioned, for those of you who are disappointed and say, wow, I actually had one person, Mike, accuse me of being having toxic positivity. Toxic positivity. Toxic positivity. <laughs> now, I don't think that anything that you and I talked about no. during this tonight was Pollyannish type of uh, illusionary uh, dreams. Very, very practical. Yes. And practicality requires action and effort. Mm. It requires work, doing something, preparing the vision, preparing where you want to go, then the instruction book. Right. I want to get here. How do I get there? I start by writing down these steps and following them. An instruction book. Did you ever try to build something, Mike, and not look at the instructions? <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. That's probably happened more times. I, I think most Or I get, I get a new piece of gear and don't read the instructions. Say, ah, oh, I, I should know how to get this. I'm like, oh, no. How, how does this one do white balance? I, I don't I don't know how I understand how this one works. Yes. You know, things like that, right? So we don't want to take the time. And Mr. Rogers always said, I like to take my time and do it right. Mm-hmm. So to wrap up this particular podcast episode, I want to throw a challenge out there to everyone. Uh, we've received quite a few comments and uh, suggestions on our Recovery Heroes videos. And the Recovery Heroes... So I'm making a call out there to all the recovery heroes that are listening to this podcast for those people who would like to share their recovery story, to share their experience, strength, and hope with others, to share with them how you got there from here. Mm -hmm. Uh, We would like you to 
contact our show. And the first one who does, we will send you out a either a Fishing Without Bait mug or a full Impact Mindfulness mug uh, to your address. So, Mike, you can tell them how to do that at the end of the show. Yep. And as always, we offer a free prescription. Fruits, nuts, and vegetables. Unplug your television and take up fishing. And for a truly mindful experience, we suggest that you fish without bait. Do a kindness for yourself. Do a kindness for your, another. Forgive yourself and forgive another. Till all are free, none are free. You are important. Namaste, my friends. Please check out our website at fishingwithoutbait.com, where you can listen to the show, comment on our discussions, and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast. If you're interested in flying the colors of Fishing Without Bait, click the shop icon on our website. We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.